This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it. As we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Good morning. This is live from the laundry room. This is Consignment Heroes or Downsizing Heroes, whichever you got to get rid of. You have to get rid of stuff. Bogart's still on assignment. And I got to point out that people listen to us on, uh, on uh, AM, AM 740. We're also on 96.7. Yes. We're, we're so good. We're so big that we're on both AM and FM. Unbelievable. No, no, but if you're downtown, because I actually, that came up yesterday because someone was told about our show, but they couldn't get our show because she lives in an apartment building. The FM uh, signal was stronger. The FM signal is stronger. Now, this makes a difference. And I want to point this out. Tell your friends that we're on 96.7, Zoomer as well, because actually, and yesterday, she had one cup and saucer. We were talking about last week. It's probably going to be worth between $250 and $350. So she's really glad that her friend told us about, told her about us. But we got a great show today. We're going to be at Happy Labor Day. Can you say Happy Labor Day? Well, it's almost here tomorrow. No, but I was wondering if it's just happy to be it's Labor It's not day. happy when there's no CNE. Yeah, no, really. We're going to talk about perfume bottles. I want people to remember we're going to be talking about buying local. Um, and one other thing, the list, I know, okay, you do this, but I want to say this, I'm going to say it again. I need employees. I need employees who work at home. We need listeners. We're busy. We need if you want to work part-time from home and not go against your COVID or anything like that, we need some employees. We drop it off to you, leave it there. It's all COVID safe, and then we pick it up. What were you going to say? Oh, you got to be the last uh, yeah. people. So phone first numbers. of all, phone numbers. If you're calling in locally, 416-360-0740. From out of town, 1-866-740-4740. Now, Paul... Um, I asked him about why is my name not in the lead into the show, and he suggested that I just change my name to Bogart. And I'm not <laughs> sure if that's something I should do at this late stage of my life. <laughs> It'll confuse your wife and everything. <laughs> but anyway, so, some of the things we're looking to buy, this is a quick list, coins, bills, currency tokens, old toys, old glass, crystal, video games, paintings, radios, costume jewelry, autographs, vintage photographs, prints, pottery, Corelware, motorcycles, sports cards, programs, Beatles stuff, magazines, Royal Daltons, fishing rods and reels, fishing magazines, sewing machines, comic books, golf clubs, old tins, beer and pop signs, can and gas station, uh, car and gas station signs, old tools, cups and saucers, and I just have a couple other things. I'm going to talk later about some uh, collectibles that are worth more than your house, and we're going to get into spirits and wine. But I do want to thank yesterday, Billy and his uh, buddy Matt Bob hosted Jeff, Terry, and I for a Kentucky Derby party. We followed all COVID protocols. Congratulations to Authentic, the winning horse. But I want to talk about horse racing collectibles, and some of them are worth huge money. What did it pay? 
He paid eighteen dollars. He was the and that was Baffert six Kentucky Derby. I should have won that. The big favorite came second. Tis the law. A lot of people were on Tis the law. So talk about this. Yeah. So anyway, talk about horse racing. Do you want to lead in with that? Okay. Okay. Well, well, no. First of all, I got to tell people as well. Okay, we're going to talk about English shows. Well, gas station gold, Paul going shopping, and the gold and silver prices. Now, and when you gave the phone numbers out, right? Yes, I did. The phone numbers are really important because four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. It's easier to say it again than hear Paul whine. So, um, and if you're calling from out of town, it's one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Okay, you can talk about the horse racing stuff now for a minute. Okay, I, I've been into horse racing collectibles for a long time, and Paul and I, in fact, bought a, a Queen's Plate trophy yeah. back about 15, 20 years ago. We've made a fortune just in the silver, yeah. never mind the collectible aspect of it. But, you know, horse racing items can be extremely valuable. Obviously, if they're vintage, that helps. Older ones, particularly tracks that aren't around anymore. There was tons of tracks in Toronto, Thorncliffe. Dufferin Park, Jockey Club in Hamilton. So all all those items from those tracks could be programs, posters, advertising. It's all worth money. But some of the other things that are worth quite a bit of money in the horse racing collectible field are uncashed paramutual tickets from winning horses, programs, trophies, saddle cloths. Why would you not cash a ticket in? Because you know it's going to, the horse only pays two fifty and it's worth uh at, at Kentucky Derby, two dollar win ticket on Secretary, it's worth about three thousand. And you could have you actually he paid nice, he paid five dollars, but now it's worth three thousand. Really? Yes. I know Northern Dancers shoe. I heard one sold for ten thousand. Yeah, but he, I'm gonna get into shoes a little okay. bit here. So their pennants are very big, early pennants of the Kentucky Derby, other big races, vintage autographs of jockeys. Obviously the horses aren't signing. Mint julep glasses, that's a big collectible, and the derbies goes back to the 40s, are worth five to $10,000. And the horse itself, obviously, Northern Dancer Secretary, one of the biggest horses ever in collectibles, Man of War. Mm-hmm. And his most famous race was in Windsor, Ontario. And if anyone has a ticket, just a ticket to get in is worth a few thousand dollars. That was a match race, famous match race, where Man of War beat Sir Barton. And believe it or not, in 1919 or 20, it was $5 to get in. It was like wow. two weeks' wages just to attend that race. But one quick thing, Paul mentioned shoes and halters. Well, and I'm mentioning halters. I've had many people come up to me and say, I have a halter from Secretariat, or I have a shoe from Northern Dancer. Well, what happened was these horses lived in retirement for 25 years, and they put a new halter on them every day. So you're okay. getting all these halters that came out after a race. It's still a nice piece. It's a nice collectible, Northern Dancer. Maybe worth two, three hundred dollars, but if you had one from a race he actually ran in, twenty thousand dollars. If you had a secretary, one a hundred thousand dollars. Whereas the ones he wore just grazing in the field when he was out at stud might be worth maybe three to five hundred dollars. So it's same with shoes. If it's a shoe in retirement, like they get reshoed often, more often when they're racing, but even when they're at stud or grazing. So the shoes you want a shoe that's got some sort of provenance to show it was worn in a race, which is usually a letter from the owner, the trainer, something like that. You need something to prove it because a lot of the shoes are the same shoe that they might wear when they're just, uh, you know, in the back. That's we need an expert like you. We yes. would know the difference. We okay. can find out. Okay. Sure. No, no, but that, that's, people have this in their basement. This this show is about alerting people to what's in their basement that they wouldn't even 
think about worth this kind of money. Like later in the show, we're going to talk about things that are worth more than your house. Okay? But we're also going to talk about I'm going went out on an auction sale this week. Okay? So, um, you know, sometimes I talk about what we do is we either consign to us, you can auction, or you can sell it to us. Now, I this week, I went and spent around $22,000 at an auction. All I bought was silver and gold. Okay? So, and I'm going to make around $2,500 on it. And I would, so I would have, I paid this much money, and the auction, they take the HST, and they take um, uh, their consignment, and they pay a premium on it. So the bottom line is the customer, the client, I bought the gold and silver. If someone brought it into my place, I would have paid them $22,000. They got twelve, approximately $12,800 from this, okay? So on, uh, <laughs> that's fun. That's a, okay, I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> but on, um, so what my point is, is that you should never consign gold or silver to an auction. Now, they also got in the same auction, they got $10,000 for a strand of amber. Now, a lot of people have, if you're from Lithuania or in the Russia, there's a lot of amber around there. They got $10,000 for one strand. That was a magnificent strand. But even smaller strands are worth 100, 200, 300. Amber's worth more than pearls. For sure, for sure. Okay? But my point here is that you're giving it to an auction house where you some things you can give to an auction house. Gold and silver is not one of those things because by the time they take their end, yeah, you end up that's up to twenty five points. Yes, yeah. well, and it's the money that goes in your in your pocket. You don't you don't care what it's sold for. I you only should only care about what you get. And the then, other the other fair thing to me that regarding what you said, you said you bought it for twenty two thousand auction. You're gonna make twenty five hundred, so your margins aren't that high. If no. people come in to buy, it's a very fair price. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. And we we are transparent. We'll tell you in advance. You can go get a second opinion, but. You, this is something that should be you should, you should never consign gold or silver to a consignment shop. You should sell it to them, but you should sell them at the highest price. Or you should not gold and silver. It's different than the other stuff. You got but a very special guest. We have a very in. special guest, Bogart. Hello, Bogart. You're on assignment. Can you hear me? Yes, yes we can. How you doing? How's it going? I just wanted to call in. I had a few minutes. So I'm just. Out of province, doing school, and when I hear you guys are doing pretty good over there, something Glenn filled in pretty well. Well, we're still live from the laundry room. Your mother's come in to watch, to listen to you as well. I hope everything's going good. You know that we're busy. Call your mom. Yeah, well, I'll call I'll call mom later. But uh, I had some. I had just a question about uh, you know a lot of people have been asking me, and I've been a little bit out of the loop for a while because you know my schooling, but. Uh, gold and silver, like the the prices and premiums on on wafers and coins right now are are astronomical, and they're they're so different from when they were, you know, let's say six months ago. Oh yeah. So yeah. Is there is there a particular reason for that right now? There's no gun. Then in one case, everyone's got the jewelry, but no one's got the gold and silver wafers or coins. What they want to do is there's no tax on this, and they want to make sure they have what is pure. Now, if you're buying pure bars, and we've mentioned this, which are 999s or maples or bars, there's no tax, and it's an efficient way of selling, of storing it. The other thing about it, a lot of people don't think about this. I want everyone out there to look at a cell phone. 
That's about the size of one kilo of gold. That's $89,000 right now, or $80,000 right now, the size of your cell phone. And it's easy to store because there was a big article in the Star a couple weeks ago or last week about people bringing it up and spending all sorts of money to store it up. It doesn't take that much room. Silver takes up more room, yes. So right now, if I wanted to buy a silver maple, what would be the premium oh, on that? Six, uh, between six and seven dollars. So it's Over like a going rate of like right what? Which would if I wanted to buy it, that's what it would be. That's what I'm expected to pay mo- more than the actual silver value. Yes. Now we tell people one of our advices that we hand tell all of our clients is keep your premiums low. The advantage of a silver maple from Canada is it's around the world. No matter if you're in Saskatchewan, Turkey, or India, it is it is known, okay? So people will pay the extra money for a little bit of safety. But in a lot of cases, JM, there are other brands that are that will cost you less money, and still silver is silver. And you also, not only what you're buying when you buy it, but also when you're selling it. And if price of gold is too cheap, like we're going to talk later on the show about gas station gold, where it's, it's actually fake and people are offering it to you too, at too cheap a price, like half the price of gold. There is nobody in the world that knows their gold is someone going to sell an ounce of gold for $1,000. It just doesn't happen unless it's fake. But the premiums are what you have to worry about. And people are bringing in there right now. We're, we were busy this week. One person had it with their costume jewelry. We found $5,700 worth of gold in their costume jewelry. Okay. So and they're taking and they're and they're turning into bars and they're putting they're giving the bars going forward to their kids. And this is what happens. A lot of people are trading in the broken gold and jewelry, and the idea is you want to get a fair price for it. We publish our prices. We're going to give them in the show today, like you know how we give the gold prices. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going to that's what we're doing. But even Toronto is well served, but in areas like outside of the province. The premiums are even probably higher because there's no gold out there, not like okay. there is here. Okay. Well, b- before you go on too much further of a rant, you know, because I, I always know about those, I I, I got to run. But okay. uh, I just want to say that uh, I missed you in the show. I miss you, Dad. Uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. He's crying. He actually okay. has the Kleenex up to his eyes. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for okay. calling in, Bogart. A lot of okay. clients, people come in. They come in the store. Where's Bogart? And I say he's honest. Have you learned to ride a horse yet? I'm not. I'm working on it. Bye. Thank you, Bogart. Bye. That was touching. That was a nice touch. I haven't haven't heard from him in a while. From that, we're either going to, okay, we're going to give the numbers again. And then we're after the break, we're going to talk to uh, Rick about uh, some real estate and a couple of other stories. So call in locally at 416. 360-0740 Three six zero zero seven four zero, or from out of town one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid price for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. 
Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is, would you serve your family prefab? New generation kitchens and bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love. From scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, no, I know there are people at the cottages today, and uh, but and things are starting to return a little bit to normal. But I want to I want to make sure that uh, you still keep on buying locally. This is not a time to let our guard down. You got to buy from your neighbors. You got to buy from Canadians, um, and just take that extra ten seconds to uh, to look at the labels, or if you're online. Look for an alternative to Amazon. See, you might have a neighbor who will get it to you faster, maybe even cheaper. And, you know, it's the same price. Buy from your neighbor. You know, it's a little bit more expensive. Because you never know when they're going to buy from someone else who buys from maybe your son, who keeps your son or daughter or your company in business because you're keeping the money here. Okay? So we're going to talk to Rick. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, I wanted to wish everybody a great Labor Day long weekend. Hope everybody has a great, great time. And, uh, you know, Paul, I wanted to talk about something that uh, I don't know if everybody knows this uh, with, with part of the services that we provide. And it's really important that they know, that they know this, that not only do we come in and, and, and help them sell their home and, and get them more money and all that, but one of the ways we do that is that we actually help people with minor renovations. Uh, sometimes okay. the the one thing standing in the way of getting a sale done, or maybe people not sure when they're going to sell their home and when they're going to get to fixing it up, we do all that. We provide all that service. We also provide services of emptying out their garages, their sheds, uh, their basements, whatever it takes, whatever they need. All they have to do is let us know, and that's what we do. And you know, Paul, you're a great one to go in there, and sometimes instead of throwing things out, they're actually going to make money on it, and you're the expert on it. Um, and you know, I'm in the I'm the expert of selling their home. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're here to help and uh, whatever they need. Uh, and you know, we, we deal with probate, and we deal with wills, and we deal with uh, uh, feuding families who aren't able to get things organized. We come in yeah. because we have the experience, because it's something we do every day. We're there, and you know, we try to make the experience a stress free as possible and as hands-free as possible. So uh, I want, if anyone's thinking about selling their home, because we, we need listings, uh, and we're here to get them top dollar for those listings, uh, I could be reached at 416-258-3972 anytime. What do you think? Sorry, at the end. Wait a minute, I got questions for you. Sure. Questions. This week, um, I heard, there's two things I don't understand. One... Okay. There's more, there's more than two things. There's four to, but one thing for sure. I'm sure there is. One of these guys and said, we got 420000 or 470000 $470, over listing price. As right. a professional, are you supposed to be out that much? Like, it is 400 Somebody's making a mistake. Because if they'd sold it four seventy less, that would have been less. I don't understand how a professional, I understand listing a little less than what you plan on getting for it. But to get four hundred seventy thousand, that sounds like a mistake. I know we usually get it, it, it's five a combination of a, of a 
it's a combination of a couple of things. One is that it's deliberately listed below uh, an expected number. Uh, yeah. And you generate more buzz, more people will go in to have a look at it because they think potentially they can buy it for that $400,000 less, when in fact okay. that's, that's not possible. Uh, but it's, it's you know, something that all, all realtors do. You know, they'll, they'll list it a little bit below uh, what, what the thing is actually worth, uh, attract more people, and uh, at the end of the day, hopefully get more money for it. Now, this is one of the things that we can do for people as well. But with an added twist, Paul, and that is we provide the exposure that most realtors Well, that's what I'm saying. You get 5 provide. 10% more. You don't get yeah. double the price because we're not going to be out by that much. And I understand it, right a, now. It can, it can be risky because let's say you underlist a property by too much. Well, you run the risk of selling it for less than it's really worth. And so you have to make sure that it's in the hands of a capable professional that really knows the market and knows where you should be when you're selling that home. And no, you shouldn't be that off, but there should be an expected expectation uh, as to what a property could get based on the prevailing conditions of that neighborhood. Okay. Now, September's the time that people should be... You know something? A lot of people said, yeah, I hear about all these things, the house is going up. But if you don't get your house listed through us or right. through even someone else, and you should get a second opinion on that. If the people don't know your house is for sale, you're not going to sell it. This is the time That's to right. get off your duck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I understand we also have a house coming up in Allison as well. And That's right, Paul. And it's going to be listed. Get this. A beautiful townhouse, a three-bedroom townhouse, an end-unit townhouse. And it's yeah. going to be listed for under 500000 Now, just imagine that. You can't buy anything for 500000 We can sell your house so, in Toronto for $1.15 and pocket the right. difference. Okay. That's right. So Okay. No, no, this is the important time. People should be doing it now. You don't want to be mm-hmm. saying, I could have got um, 300000 more for my house next year. You don't want to be saying that. I'm, no, and you know, you're you're right. We're into September now. You know, we're going to be coming into the fall market, which is, which is generally a great great market. You know, people are are feeling a little better. Kids are going back to school. Uh, there's more optimism in the air, uh, and the fall market combined with that is going to be a great great market. And this of is why we, we need the listings. First, they got to empty the stuff out of their house. They got to sell that. Right. Like we say. Yeah. You have a million-dollar house. You don't want $5,000 standing in the way of your million-dollar house. But if you mm-hmm. had, and but on the other hand of this coin, other side of this coin, you don't only want to get $5,000 for $100,000 worth of stuff. This is exactly. where you've got to use our expertise and your expertise. Thanks, right. Rick. We've got to go. we My got pleasure. people on the line. And great. go for a house. pleasure. Yes, I will. Have again. a great long weekend, guys. Number again. <laughs> okay. No, give me your phone number no, again. Good. Okay, it's uh, 416 uh, uh, 416-258-3972, and that's Rick DeBacco from Royal Page Real Estate Professionals. Thank you. Okay. Have a great now weekend. we have. Bye, Rick. Thanks. Paul in Lake Erie. Paul in Lake Erie. Hopefully he's not in the lake. Now, are you in the lake? I'm close to it, guys. It's in my backyard. Good. It's Beautiful nice down there. About in, the, in the early 70s. I was traveling around Europe, and Mother's Day was coming up, so I popped in. I was in Murano, Italy. They make glass, glass ones. Yes. And I bought her a uh, decanter and some goblets. 
and uh, crystal, and then they have gold in it. And that's back gold when plate. gold was 35 bucks an ounce. And I just wonder what kind of, she's died in a sense, giving it back. And I'm sitting looking at it, and, and I just wonder, has it got any value to it, or you guys have any opinion? Okay. The gold, you can't get, the gold flakes that are in there are, you can't get them back. It's like when you have gold paint on, um, on, uh, they say painted in 22 karat gold on China, or you see those little bottles of gold flakes. Then mm. you can't, if you heat them up, they just poof, go up in the air. But, Murano glass, you're in the right place. It's worth a lot of money. Now, two things I hope didn't happen. One, it's going to, would have had a tag on it. The tag will sometimes tell who the artist or the artist house is. Certain ones of Murano glass, it's not unusual for a set to be worth $1,000, $1,500, $2,000. Some Murano Ooh. glass, I think, in my opinion, that it's particularly ugly, but the people who like it, like it a lot. And yeah. if they're willing to pay the money, then you should take it. Send me off a picture to my website at sales at torontogoldsilver.com. Now, the two things I want to see, I want to know the height of it. I'd like to see a, a nice picture of it. Put on a white background so the colors come through, or black. Now, if there's a tag, any tag, stickers, because remember, this is what we say. This is the common sense part about this. You know, like I say, I've got a necklace. I want to sell it. Well, okay, there's five million necklaces on eBay. If I have a necklace that's by, done by Miriam Haskell, I'm going to get three to four to five hundred dollars for it because people collect the name. They collect. Everyone makes the word necklaces, but the names is what people collect. Tiffany, um, Pupacat, um, the big, uh, big names is what people are willing to pay for. Okay, so this okay. is where on your Murano glass. Now I'm, the, but also I don't need to have a tag. I might recognize the style or that maker. And because some of them are worth a lot of money. People still collect them, the Murano clowns. But the more, if something was made for a house and you bought it in Italy, it's got a better chance of being an artist piece than a piece that they sent over 10,000 over here to one of the jewelry shops in one of the malls. Okay. Yeah, I was right at the factory in Murano. And, uh, this, you've got everything those, going they mailed it. If you remember which factory it was, that'll help me. And being, and it might be an original piece that you only made the one or two pieces like that. It might be something they did for tourists, though, as well. This can happen. So it's, it's sales at Rogers? No, no, no. Sales at Toronto Gold. I can't. Could you spell that? My phone's terrible. Toronto. The city of Toronto. Oh, at Toronto. Okay. Toronto Gold uh-huh. Silver. Dot com. Now, I have a friend of mine, I'm not going to mention his name, but I know that he bought a Murano chandelier, and I believe he paid $50,000 for it. Wow. And it's, it's a magnificent piece. He had to raise the ceiling in his kitchen to put it in, I think. Uh-huh. But, and it was from a palace. But people appreciate the quality. I had a Murano uh, chandelier that I sold for $15,000. About ten years ago, are they still around? Are they still producing? Pardon? Are they still in production or uh, operating? Well, Murano is an area, is an island. Yeah, no, Murano, they still make the glass. They've been making it for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but 
certain artists, and this is where we come by, if uh, if you have um, Burks, and it's, a, it's a known name for Sterling. Mm-hmm. They made something, you know, but it's not mm-hmm. as good as if it says Tiffany. Somebody says Tiffany and you have Burks, and they both weigh two ounces of silver. We're going to get more money for that. Live from the laundry room. Another plane. They're, buzz, they're, buzzing, they're buzzing us over today. But uh, live radio, isn't it beautiful? On um, wow. The name makes a difference. I want to say that because it's, I've had people who, before they give me stuff, they wash uh, wash it up. And I say, I don't need you to wash it. I don't want to see it like that. Okay? I want to have... Um, uh, you want to have an original state. Yeah. As much as possible. And people clean it. Before I go to a house... Like this week, I said, don't don't clean it. Don't do anything. Let me come over and see it raw before you throw something out. And I always right. go back to my story where I bought a whole garbage container. People have one of those garbage containers in front of their house. The stuff they were throwing out, I bought for $3,000. Okay, that was wow. the stuff they were throwing out. I want to see it. If you need our help, please bring us in early. And we'll tell you which way to go and what to, what to spend time on and what not to spend time on. Like the lady who spent 50 hours... Uh, writing up a list of records that was uh, 60 hours, writing up a list of records that was worth $50. She's never getting that time back, okay? We try and advise you which way to go. And between Glenn and I, believe me, there's not much we don't know. I mean, it was between me and Bogart, there was, Bogart was on the learning side. But between Glenn and I, there's a lot we know, okay? Yeah. Send me in a picture. I'm sure we okay. can help you. I'll do Thank that. You. I appreciate it. I love the show, guys. It's very uh, informative. Very Thanks love for the call show. In. Thank you. And I'll send that okay. in to you and uh, see what you think. Thank you very much. Okay, I got Matt in me in um, Mimico. Matt, how can we help you? Matt. Okay. Maybe Matt's not with us. He was with us, but. Well, I also want to talk for a second while we're waiting for Matt. I want to talk about gas station gold. This is where we're. This is a public service announcement. You're filling up your tank, and uh, a guy pulls up next to you and says he doesn't have money for gas, and he's willing to sell you a piece of gold for fifty or a hundred dollars. Don't buy it. Okay. They'll also, if us seniors, when we're coming out of a bank, we know that they they figure we have money, and they'll try and sell some gold. If someone comes up to you on the street and you're at a gas station or coming out of your bank, and they offer you gold for cheap prices, do not buy it. It's a scam that everyone's doing right now. There's a lot of people doing it. So I'm, I'm trying to just put your, your – your, right away, you know gold's worth a lot of money. The gold you bought 30 years ago is probably gold. The gold you'll buy at this gas station is not gold for sure. Okay? So now we go – I think we're back to Matt. Matt has Beatles ticket. Yep, I'm here. Matt. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Good. Um, so what I have is I have a, a Beatles ticket stub from Maple Leaf Gardens, and it has the uh, the faces on it. And then I also have another ticket stub. It's a Blue Jays ticket stub from the first game. It's a green ticket. just wondered what the value on those would be. This is a Glenn Pink question. Go good. Okay, Go ahead. The, the Beatles ticket, you have the 66. Beatles show at Maple Leaf Gardens, and uh, the more heads you can see, there's two heads on the top half and two on the bottom, and depending on how the ticket was ripped when you went in, you can see at least two, sometimes portions of three. I've even seen one ripped 
right at the very bottom, or it could be all four. Obviously, full tickets you see all four, and they range between four hundred and two thousand dollars for a full, or just okay. one ticket. Wait a minute. Two, okay, I've Up said to two thousand. And the, the face value of the ticket at the time was like four. Okay, well, okay. If they brought you this ticket, if they brought me this ticket. What yeah. am I expected to pay for? Uh, an unused ticket. You can pay up to fifteen hundred, two thousand Canadian. Wow. Really? Yes. Because, as you say, you sell to the world, and uh, typically they go to the U.S. So okay. sold in U.S. dollars for twenty two hundred U.S. something like that. So wow. Now the first game Blue Jay tickets. Interesting. You have a green ticket because. Uh, there was uh, a number of colors of tickets, and people actually collect the varieties of the colors. So there was a, a gold ticket, which is very rare. That was only used in the boxes for opening day. And then there was a dark blue, a light blue, a red, and a pink. And they were all in the regular reserve stands. But for some reason, the green ticket, which was the general admission tickets out in the bleachers, okay, there seems to be less of those around. So... It, it, it commands a, a good premium, whereas you might be able to get a blue ticket for fifty to seventy, light blue fifty to seventy-five dollars. A green's probably worth two to three hundred, and a full ticket would be worth more than that. And I believe the ticket price was only two dollars at the time in nineteen seventy-seven. But that's, that's only right. for the first game. Second game, it drops right off. But we're interested. If you want to send us a picture, you heard Paul's. Uh, uh, email address, and uh, we'll have a look at them, and we can make you a really fair offer on those items. You can call us at the store as well, 905-737-4653. It's funny, yesterday someone brought in, you know the Beatles, the Nodders? They're about eight inches right. tall. Yeah, they're very but, rare. And, and no drumsticks. No drumsticks. No, she had one drumstick. Oh, well, that's better than that. That's but the easiest had, thing to break off in those Nodders. The drumstick was so fragile. The rest of them are perfect. She wow. had, and she had the Beatles... Um, uh, charm bracelet with all the, you know, the okay. pictures. And I said that was between 150 and 300 Yeah, it's not quite as much, but those bobbleheads can be worth up to 2000 for yeah. a full mint set. It was, hers wasn't mint, so I figured hers was about $1,000. But people have these in their basement. For They're sure. just sitting there. And more damage will be done by the time they take them off the shelf at home and bring them into my shop. You have to call us, and we'll tell you how to pack them because they are very, very fragile. A commercial. Yeah, we're going to a commercial now, um, and then we'll be back. What's the phone numbers here? 416-360-0740, out of town, 1-866-740-4740. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Place over a hundred vendors under one antique roof, all competing to give you the best deal. What do you think happens? The new Southworks Antiques in Cambridge, all 25,000 square feet, sat across the Grand River in Cambridge, selling antiques and nostalgia. The kind of neat stuff that has drawn Paul and Bogart here for more than 20 years. Passing through Cambridge? Stop by Southworks Antiques on Water Street and help yourself to free parking. You're going to be here a while. Southworksantiques.com. Let's make a deal. 
Okay. We're back. We're back. So uh, I want to talk about um, you know, nine from my laundry room. Glenn and I. There's a dog running by us. There's a dog running by us. Live from the laundry room. Yes. And this is a show about stuff, items and things you can call in and find out the prices. And we're going to talk about gold and silver. We're going to talk about, I also cleared out a, house, um, a social club this week. Now, I, with the pop machines and the pop signs and the file cabinets. What era are they from? It, it was been there since 1947. Wow. Very nice. No, no, but this, they sold the place and they've got another place, but they were clearing it out. So they called us in to try and clear out as much stuff we could. We got even dress forms. Was there uh, enamel signs? No. Oh, yeah, one. But And the pop machine. But no, that's not what was good on this. So we're clearing it out. And they trust me. I gave them the price. Bang, 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 bang. I'm going to have to so go they back. don't know you well. No, they didn't know. They didn't know. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So we go along, and um, I'm going to see him again. Because I knew one thing that looked good to me. And we found a poster I'm still doing the work on. And they're, we're in for half with them now. On this one here, I already paid them for it, actually. Because it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work. But this poster, it's a movie poster from 1939 that's probably worth between ten dollars and $20,000. Propaganda poster? Yeah. No, it's a movie poster. Lenin. So I well, don't that know. Well, could still be propaganda in that era. Yeah, but it was a movie poster. Okay. No, the point is. It was a propaganda it, movie. Yeah. It was all the stuff they thought was worth money. And there was more. I spied this up in the corner. I'm walking out, and I see in the top shelf, I see a bunch of posters. And I said, let me see those for next time. So they brought those down, and I know I paid, but I'm going to have to pay them more. But I haven't done the work yet. I haven't sold it yet. But I will. This is a really nice thing. But it's a case of, it was all the stuff they thought. If I've been in, I don't know how many times I've gone to a house, and they have the nice stuff, the Royal Dalton's on the counter, and all that like that. And these are all the good things. I walk by a shelf, and they'll have a $5,000 item. What about that? They say that old thing. But this thing here with the poster is like, I just had an inkling. And I told him, I said, well, I'm going to have to do some work on it. I'm paying you now, but I'm going to pay you more. But this is going to be 20000 I think it might, I don't know yet, but I send it off to Heritage, and they'll be able to follow it through, and I'm going to tell them everything as it happened. But we took all the heavy stuff. There was one of those roll-top desks. We, didn't, we left that. But they had a lot of heavy. We had two guys who were very tired at the end of the day. We got someone calling in about <laughs> World War One postcards from England, Marion oh. and Ancaster. How can I help you there? Well, I just wondered if these postcards, I hate to throw them out, would be of any value. They okay, are. I got a question for you. Pardon? Does your garbage man run around with a checkbook? Is he going to pay you for these? <laughs> no. Uh, no. They, there are pictures no, no, of the army camp during World War One. Yeah, no, no, but it's history. This this poster I got, they were going to throw it out. Well, okay, they would have. I mean, I saved it. It looked brown. It was all brittle. It's all. Who'd want this? <laughs> Do your postcards have battle scenes at all? No, there'll be no. Uh, no, it's the camp, and there's a lot of pictures uh, around England of the castles and things, but yes, they were from yes, the First no, World War. The only thing was uh, Grandpa did paste them into a scrapbook. Okay. But that's the not pictures of the front are in that's excellent not, condition. Worth something. This is where people throw I, – I once downsized this week. I heard the story. There was a bunch of frames. So someone was willing to pay $1,000 for the frames, and they threw them out. 
Now, the client doesn't get any money. In fact, they get charged for a dumping fee when you throw stuff out. So this is why we tell people to bounce this off. We'll tell you what to throw out if there's something there. But postcards, they don't weigh a ton. They could be worth money. I've had postcards. Glenn, hockey postcard. What's the most expensive you've seen? Oh, ten, twelve thousand dollars from a team back in the yeah. early 1900s. And you would look at it and say, "Who are those guys?" Okay, even buildings, just old arenas, can go for two thousand dollars, depending so, on how historic it is. I'm not saying that you've got it, but I'm saying do not throw your postcards out. Bounce them off. This is what we do for a living. I'll tell you. Like I said, I found this poster that they were going to throw. It might be worth. It might be only twenty two thousand. So that's better than what the garbage man would give them. It might be worth twenty thousand. They're going to be very happy with the money. Baseball postcards have gone for hundreds of thousands. Yes. So, so uh, it, I should bring them in for you to look at. At least I can look at them. If there's other writers as well, always as it's like what's the old story? You measure twice and you cut once. You're right. going to ask two questions and then you can sell it once. Uh-huh. Get that second opinion, okay? Right. And I'm going to tell you. The garbage man's opinion should not count. He's no, just no. going to take it. And I have, and I'm going to say this, I have four or five garbage men who come into my store with stuff they pick up every week. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they're not paying for it, but I give them money every week. They're coming in and bringing in stuff. And we're just here to help. You can send me pictures. You don't have to bring them into my store. Send me a picture. I answer all my emails. I'm slow. I don't answer them right away sometimes. But I answer all the emails, and I, I try and be, I don't try and be, have all bad news. But if it's bad news, I'll try and tell you, here, give this to your kids. Force right. it on your kids. Tell them the story. Remember that. Even right. if you keep these postcards, let's go through with the story. If you're going to give them down to your grandkids or something like that, tell them the story. Right. And this is important. Well, scrapbooks, by the way, all, most scrapbooks are worth, they're worth something. They're not worth throwing out. You're losing a bit of history. Every day you throw out a scrap, someone throws out a scrapbook, we're losing history. Mm-hmm. Well, he wrote on a lot of them on the back, book. too. Pardon? Uh, a lot of them have writing on the back, things he saw when he was there. And, of course, he did go across. I don't know. All, I don't have them all in front of me now, but there were a lot. He did go across, and he fought from Foxhole to Foxhole. Do you have the uniform? I'm going to say this. We don't, melt, we don't melt metals, and we try and... Uh, I'm appreciative of the people who gave the supreme sacrifice and went over and helped. These are the real heroes who have, and they, they can't, should not be forgotten. When you throw away a scrapbook like that, it's almost like saying, okay, I forget about you. Right. But, so thanks a lot. Give me Thank the call you. during the week. And okay. Gun's got something else here. So Thank I got, you very much. Bye. Thank you very much. Just two things I wanted to touch on. We bought a big collection of record charts this week. Chum? 10,000. Mainly Chum. And okay. Chum is one of the most collectible record charts in the world. They started in 57. Yeah. And they're highly collect. The early ones are extremely valuable, a couple hundred dollars. In the For a Chum chart? First, like, few and months. Wait a minute. Do you ever have to buy a Chum chart? Like, weren't they giving away free? Yes. And, and people like me, uh, I was, lived in a place where there was no record stores. I go into Woolworths, and I take a little stack each time. So I still have my original ones when I was a kid, but I bought many collections since. And there's all kinds of interesting dates in there. First of all, people look at, and the value goes pretty well to the late 70s. Yeah. CKY's collectible, CKFH, all the charts, the U.S. charts, but Chum is one of the marquee brands because it was one of the most famous charts in the world. 
And like going through them yesterday, I found an, an August 1963 chart that had a 13-year-old Stevie Wonder song, Fingertips, in the top 10. So that makes it somewhat collectible if you're a big uh, Stevie is Wonder it, fan. Is it who's on the list, or is it who's on the cover? The cover means a lot, but the list, for example, in December 63, that was the first time the Beatles ever charted the song, She okay. Loves You. So the first chart Beatles are on is very collectible, but there's no picture of them. I must have song. You could probably sell that one for about $50, $60. Wow. And we've sold pictured Beatles when they're on the front for up to $200. Okay, and then there also there was a chart issued the night the music died, the, the night of that plane crash. There was a chart. Buddy, huh? oh. It's become collectible. And then two weeks later, they did a memorial chart talking about like showing the the, the artists that passed and all that. And it's quite collectible as well. So a lot of people have charts, and it's not something you're going to get wealthy on, but they're definitely worth money. Even the the cheapest charts are two or three dollars. Do you pay more in the garbage man? Yes. Dude, was you paid a lot for this collection? I paid a reasonable amount of money, thousands of dollars. A couple of weeks paid for a garbage Okay. What else you got? Okay. We, one last thing. There are quick, or you have somewhere you want to go to a call? No, first. we got to take care of some of the calls because they're going to get mad. So we'll come back to you. Uh, let's go to the color records. Uh, Mary in Brampton. Hi there. How are you, Paul? Working too hard for too little. <laughs> I want to get out of this club. How can I help you? All right. I have 345. And I've got them in their sleeves, and they're really cute. They're fully colored. Um, at the bottom of each, it says Folk Dances D462. There's no date, but they're definitely from at least um, the 50s, I think. Um, Are they rock and roll? Now, with 45. No, no, folk Dances. So it says Folk Dances D462 at the bottom, and then Pictor something, I can't read that word, Records, Inc., New York, The Merry Singers. That's, they're all by The Merry Singers. And it's interesting. You're going to have to send me in a picture on this. Sometimes the obscure stuff, like if you have a 45, like Neil Young's first 45, that was worth like four or $5,000, and some of the obscure stuff, if, if it's, what happens with records? The kids are collecting them now because they like the vinyl and like the taste, they like the sound of that, okay? But the no, but 45 is too much work for the kids. They're fully in color. Pardon? They're fully colored. Yeah. Yeah, they're no, they sound like children. They they're they're bright yellow, red, blue. Yeah, that will be children's ones, and they generally not. What is happening is the 45 market, where we're looking for more of the LPs, or a 45 would have to be a guy who went on to do something a lot more because your first record you might have pressed, they might have pressed 500 and they're going to be very rare, say like Neil Young. And then as they got more popular, more people were trying to collect them back. But you don't think there's any um, collectability in these? Pardon? I don't see that a lot. We no, see, they're pr probably worth around five dollars each. Yeah, five dollars each. Okay. And who would I give them to, or, or where would I take them? Um, any local flea market in your area? No flea markets now. We're on the no, there's still guys. Entry. There's the fixed flea markets. One's oh yeah, the fixed venue like Southworks. A secondhand store, store. Yeah. Southworks, or my friend Bill uh, Coppison's Corners. My friend Ron, he's always buying stuff. Okay, he's yeah, down but in Brampton. That's kind of far. <laughs> I know it's a long ways to go, but. Well, you could also put it on Kijiji or something like that yeah. and just sell locally and they can pick up and meet you. Okay, okay. but 
I don't really recommend that because if you're an elderly person, you don't know what people are doing. You know, this is why we try and have bring people to the shop or all. So if I was uh, near your shop, um, would it be worth dropping in? Yes, if you're near my shop. Come on in. So I gotta go to the next call. Thank you for Thank calling. You. Okay, and we got Helen of Mississauga. Mi- Helen of Miss- program. Okay, what year is it from? Helen. Well, oh, talent. Okay. Well, I've got a little feature talk about something that's worth more than your house. Collectibles worth more than your okay. house. The area I wanted to focus on this week was spirits, wine, beer. So they've had some auctions recently. A bottle of whiskey, Scotch whiskey from 1926, just sold for $2.5 million. McCallum is the name. Was it open? Was, that was unopened. Okay. There's also a bottle of French Burgundy from 1947, went for over 700000 A bottle of port from the late 1800s went for $1.4 million. Now, beer bottles sometimes have gone as high as 20000 but they tend to be the very old vintage yeah. ginger beer bottles. Beers in a can, there's been some cans, very rare ones, that have sold for 4000 Not the Billy Beer can that people thought was worth oh, thousands yeah. of dollars. Yeah, and uh, that was people still have them. Phone me and say, "I got the Billy Beer can. I want a thousand. They're worth twenty five cents." And, but, so, and do you have to tell your customer, clients, don't drink the beer? Yes, that's a bad <laughs> idea. But that, that, that's an area where people might have even an old bottle of Crown Royal with an old uh, government tax yeah. uh, date on it. They can go for four or five hundred dollars if it's like from the fifties or something. People just like it as a display piece. Often the whiskey isn't good. Some whiskey doesn't age in the bottles. Who doesn't? Like I, thought, I thought no, no whiskey ages in the bottle. I don't know. Well, I think Scotch does. Scotch whiskey because they they store it that way to be and it drank many years yeah. later. Okay. Well, it, I think it can still age partially in a bottle. Somebody who's listening is going to tell us talk to us next week and say how wrong we were today. Okay. I'm going to give gold and silver prices right now. Okay, this is important. Okay, get your pen. Get your page of paper. Make sure they both work, as Bogart would say. He would have called me in today and said, make sure they both work. Gold this week is $25.35 Canadian dollars per ounce. Silver is $36.35. That means, I want to come now, this is important if you're going to sell your gold or tell your neighbor they're going to sell your gold, their gold, 10 karat gold is worth 20. We pay. A lot of people we've heard that, oh, they can't pay that much. Here's what I'm going to pay you. twenty-eight fifty-two per gram for 10 karat gold. 14 karat gold is $39.93. 18 karat gold is $51.34. And I was at a place yesterday in 22 karat gold, $62.75 for, per gram for 22 karat gold. Your silver dollars are 18.02 per dollar, and your sil- sterling silver is 85 cents a gram, 86 almost, and your 800 silver is 74 cents a gram. I want to say this because now, even if you're coming to me, or you're going to school someone else. You say, ah, I don't want to go to Richmond Hill. It's too far. I'll come to you. If you've got enough gold, I'll come to you. But go to a home hardware, grab one of those scales worth $12, or you might even have one in your house right now, for measuring your fruit. Put it on. If you've got what you think is 10-karat gold, it'll say so inside the ring and all the bracelets. And 
put it on the scale. If you got 20 grams, you're going to get $560 for it. 20 grams is like one necklace can be 20 grams. Okay? I want you to weigh it. I do not want you to go to any place, even me. I don't want you to go anywhere with your gold without knowing what your gold weighs ahead of time. You're only being foolish and looking to be getting taken, taken advantage of if you don't know what your gold weighs. Now, every, one of every three collections of costume that comes into our place has got gold in it. So some of you can be forgiven for not weighing that because you, you didn't even know it was there. But we do find it for you. But this is important because I know there's a lot of us out there, you, you never sold gold before. You're depending on us, guys, to be honest with you. So you've got to weigh it. And we'll tell you the price. Now, after you weigh, even if you're not into our place, you ask them, how much are you paying per gram? Now, these other, some of these places say, I'm paying 80%. Well, 80% of what? I want You want to know exactly what they pay per gram for your 10-karat gold. If they won't tell you over the phone, they won't tell you in the store, don't walk out of that store, run out of that store. If they give you two prices, don't walk out of that store, run out of that store. I'm just trying to see, because there's a lot of money at stake here. It's not unusual for someone now to come in with five, $6,000 of gold, which 20 years ago they bought for $200. Did I cover all that? You're doing excellent today. I'm doing excellent. Now, the, um, I'm still going to be, um, I want to get, we need listers. If you want to work at home, it's easy work. We give you all one type of thing. We bring it to your house. We pick it up a week later, and we pay you per hour, or whatever you're listing. So you pay listers. Yeah. Do you pay co-hosts or radio shows? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I them. always say I do this show for free just because of the lunch your lovely wife makes us each week, but I didn't realize it was really for free. It's really for free. Yeah, I, I'm cheap. I throw around quarters like the manhole covers. Okay. But not the listers. Not the listers. No, no, listers I'll pay. Listers are actually valuable. <laughs> I can do this. Well, Fogart Club called in today. So if you're buying gold, you got to keep your premiums low, okay? Yeah. This is, we are at 10,341 Young Street. Copy that down with your paper, pen and paper that works. We are Young and Crosby in Richmond Hill. We are south of the wall. There's a big store right next to us. If it's fancy. Also, if, if they're stuck and they can only get in Toronto or TTC, you could meet at our offices can, yes. as well. So we have a spot available in Toronto to meet. Downtown. We have another place down on Ripley that we can meet someone down there. Now, the reason I'm saying about this wall, this is a great big time. We're right south of the wall. The guy been $40,000 so that people won't see us. Now, compared to the – he pays less than we do. But compared to those guys on Bathurst and Eglinton, he pays 50% more. I mean, he's got more expenses because he's got one of those great big stores. It's like when you go to a uh, to uh, Vegas and go to the hotel. It's five hundred. Somebody's times. paying for it. Someone's paying for it. No, no, you're paying for it. It's <laughs> the case of somebody. So we have gold and silver. Our premiums are lower, and like I say, there was a person this week who brought in. Ah, oh, we're going to run out of time here. They brought in forty-five hours worth of gold. We would have paid them forty-nine fifty, and they. Actually bought gold, so they would have paid. They would have saved one hundred sixty-nine dollars on this one deal. They would have saved. We paid six hundred nineteen more dollars wow. than they did. Okay, it just that's more than garbage man. Now wear a mask and uh, buy locally. Glenn, do you have anything to say in the last? Enjoy one your second? Labor Day. 
Thank you for letting us in your home. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.